but I think that's one thing that I love about the Genesis team too is that we treat both men and women and so we have our therapists who are certified in specializing in treating men as well. Just go to one visit. If you don't go to any follow-ups, it's okay, but just go to pelvic PT once um, because you will learn so much about your habits, about your body, just general education about your vulva, about your cycle, like everything and how it all ties in and just that amount of knowledge of what is happening to your body, making it make sense can make the world of a difference. And then during PT school, I was also doing my research with Latino communities. And so I've just seen how there's just a lack of education and that could be, you know, just from backgrounds, education levels, things like that. We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain, and I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. Hello, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kayla Martinez. Am I saying your last name right, Burnap? Yes. Okay, we are so excited that you are with us today. Thank y'all for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know, we're having so much fun getting to know each of the Genesis team members one by one and allow our listeners to learn a great deal from you guys and what you offer the world, which is um, valuable beyond words capturing it. But before we jump in, I'm just going to do a quick introduction um, so everybody gets to know Dr. Kayla here a little bit. Dr. Kayla has a great passion for serving the city of Dallas and the underserved communities and populations, specifically women in every stage of their lives. Dr. Kayla is a bilingual physical therapist passionate about raising awareness to issues that women and athletes go through that are seen um, often overlooked and viewed as normal. I cannot wait to unpack that with you today. Um, Dr. Kayla worked as a physical therapy technician at an outpatient orthopedic clinic and an outpatient neurological clinic. She earned a bachelor's of science in kinesiology from Texas Women's University. She then went on to attain her doctorate of physical therapy from the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth. She was president of the Physical Therapy Student Association and involved in research that brought awareness and education to Latino community in Fort Worth. Dr. Kayla is certified in pelvic floor physical therapy, which we are very passionate about as sex therapists. She believes all women should receive higher standard of care. Amen, 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 amen. Dr. Kayla is ready to create a safe space for her patients where she will help educate, equip, and empower them to a better quality of life. She believes that everyone should receive individualized care and be treated as a whole person, not just for their diagnoses. Again, another reason why we love her. She's excited to properly guide and train um, this population who often goes overlooked. Um, Kayla was born and raised in Dallas. She met her husband, Philip, while in middle school and after dating in high school and a long distance during college, you guys got married. Uh, in her spare time, she loves spending quality time with loved ones, working out, dancing or hiking. I've seen all of these things on her Instagram. She also loves going around Dallas in search of the best tacos, chips and queso, which I will need the official details on that because I 
I would take queso over chocolate any day. Let me just insert that right there. Like cheese over chocolate is an absolute for me. So Kayla, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're with us. Thank you for that intro. Y'all are so sweet. Is there anything else um, you would love for our listeners and audience to know about you that we missed? We kind of did the technical bio, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, we can start off by, I played soccer and volleyball growing up. So I love working with all my soccer players, volleyball players, but I've also had my own pelvic floor issues. So that's another reason why I'm so passionate about this. And so even though I haven't had kiddos, I have had a fair share of leaking yep. and I feel like that's yep. the thing that people don't really talk about or know about um, as well as I'm pretty passionate about fertility awareness and things like that too. Oh, I love all of this. This is really great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we're so excited, Dr. Kayla. Wow. it's uh, It's been so much fun to do this series and so then to spend a little bit of time with you and get to know kind of your niche within pelvic floor therapy because you know I don't think most of our listeners know and I I would probably have said years ago I didn't know and then I'm still learning things from y'all about all the incredible work you can do through pelvic floor therapy and all the issues it treats and all of the things that um, can feel better and don't have to be that way um curious we're kind of asking each of you this the idea the experience of pelvic floor therapy in your own words what is it I think some people know some people don't you know so you're like I'm sure you get asked all the time because this is what you do like when they go okay wait what what do you do um what is pelvic floor therapy in your description how would you describe it yeah so I I feel like that's such so true because I often get asked, so is pelvic PT just for pregnant women? It's like, nope. Um, so pelvic PT, I would say, is a holistic type of orthopelvic physical therapy. And so by orthopelvic, what I mean is that we're looking at full body, how you're moving from head to toe, but then also emphasizing and in getting into the pelvic floor and seeing what's going on there. So looking at your strength, your coordination, the flexibility of the pelvic floor, and how that ties into how you're moving day to day. I love that you said that some people make the assumption that it's only for pregnant women. Um, I do find that to be really common. Like it's only for pregnant women or women who are having issues with sex. Like I, I do hear those too. And I, I find that really interesting. Um, and one of the biggest myths because a lot of what I would send people to see you guys for sometimes have nothing to do with either of those. Right. We just know that it's riddling their, they have some issue or some challenge that's kind of riddling their life. And, um, and they just don't know you guys exist unless those two things, those are the two things we care about when, when they, they get impacted for women, right? Like their ability to have kids and their ability to have sex. And then outside of that, we forget that all those muscles are still there. And by the way, Men have them too. So yeah, let's, let's throw that in there. <laughs> it's so true. Because I've even had men who are like, I don't have a pelvic floor. And I'm like, you. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You do. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. 
And so I think that's one thing that I love about the Genesis team too, is that we treat both men and women. And so we have our therapists who are certified in specializing in treating men as well. I love that about y'all. Um, tell me and our listeners, um, your story of being drawn into this work, specifically pelvic floor therapy. Yeah. So with growing up with, you know, my Latino family, I've always heard my aunts and my grandma say like, don't laugh too hard. You're going to pee on yourself. Um, and like, that was just a normal thing. They're like, you know, this is just a normal part of motherhood. Um, but then also just even the cultural things of, okay, after you have a baby, you can't go outside without a hat because then you'll get prolapse or like just things like that. Wow. <laughs> it's like, how does that make sense? Um, and so then I want to say around college, I was doing CrossFit at the time. College is stressful. And so I started having leaking issues while I was working out. Um, and you know, Dr. Google was like, yeah, do Kegels. And so I was doing Kegels at stoplights. I was doing Kegels while I was urinating, just Kegels all the time. And that wasn't fixing anything. And at the moment, like I didn't really know about pelvic PT at all. So then coming to PT school, we maybe had a day of exposure to it. So I still didn't really understand fully what it was. It wasn't until after graduating PT school that I started learning more about oh my gosh like my pelvic floor also needs to relax not just be strong and I feel like that's a big thing that you know patients come in they're like okay I just want to make sure that my pelvic floor is strong and I was like well as much as we want it to be strong we also need it to be coordinated we need it to be flexible all that good stuff yeah and then during PT school, I was also doing my research with Latino communities. And so I've just seen how there's just a lack of education. And that could be, you know, just from backgrounds, education levels, things like that. Um, As well as the big part of mental health in the Latino community. I feel like that's a big piece that doesn't get talked about a lot. And so with stress and anxiety, it's kind of like you just push through it and don't really address it. And so I've loved now educating my family, like, nope, you don't have to pee yourself after you have kids. Uh, You don't have to have pain with sex. You know, there's different options about, you know, with birthing options. There's different providers. So I think there's just a lack of, you know, what are my resources and what exactly it is. And so that's what really drew me in and I saw the need and I'm like, yes, this is 100% what I want to do. I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit more because I know that's your one of your passions and just, I mean, we read it in your bio, but just even in the words that y'all can't, the listeners can't see it, but her face (laughs) lights up when she talks about getting to work with um, the Latino population. And um, we know you talked a lot about wanting to help underserved populations and so how have you seen that work um, kind of play out in your pelvic, your PT work for pelvic therapy? And, you know, like what, what nuances do you see in that work, challenges? Um, what's that been like for you to, to kind of live out that passion now that you are doing the work? Yeah. So with pelvic PT, um, now that I've had patients who do have a Latino background, it's been 
so fun educating them on, you know, what the pelvic floor is, what pelvic health is, how everything is related, you know, from what their occupation is to their day-to-day activities, what they're eating, their bowel and bladder habits. And they're just so amazed. And so just seeing them educate their own families or, you know, shopping things like just in case peeing. So peeing, you know, right before you leave the house, that's always been a big thing that I've seen in the community as Mm -hmm. well. And so even just small modifications like that, they're like, oh my gosh, I can go to the grocery store without having to pee or look for the bathroom. And so just little things like that, that will make a big difference. Um, It's something that I love, but then there are challenges. So, um, So I was raised in Irving for part of my life. And so I had an OB in Irving who I have worked with. Um, And so then, you know, she was referring patients and patients were not showing up and things like that. And so I was like, hey, how can we bridge this gap? Um, And so, you know, she was honest and was like, you know, I only have a couple of minutes with them. And so I can't really get into detail about what pelvic Mm -hmm. PT is. And so, like, that immediately kind of let me know, you know, like, people don't really understand what we can do for them, let alone that we exist, too. Um, Because I feel like another thing, too, is that the older generation has learned, like, oh, you're having an issue? Hysterectomy. Or, you know, hernia, get a mesh. Like, all just straight to surgery. Um, So I've feel like that holistic approach has been a little bit more difficult to understand versus, you know, I trust my doctor with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm listening to you tell the story, Kayla, and it, it sounds like a case of, and we get this in, in our side of uh, the work, it's like they don't know what they don't know. Right. So they don't know what they're not missing. Yes. And you have a medical provider who sounds like, you know, she was supportive, but she was limited right? in, in helping people understand. And so it sounds like your first challenge was educating people in their options, in their needs for this, this kind of service. Uh, tell us how you've gone about doing that. How have you stepped into the space and been a voice in the community where people start to understand this thing they don't know about? They have no idea how, like, how much they need it. Yeah. They don't even know about this part of the body most of the time. So tell us about what that's been like for you and what you've tried and what's worked and your favorite parts and all those things. Yeah. Uh, a big part has been word of mouth because... One thing I've learned is that the Latino community will definitely trust someone else's suggestions. And they're like, you know, like, who do you know? A big part is who do you know? And so, you know, just educating one person and them telling their sister, their mom, you know, their grandma, things like that, it just kind of trickles down. And so a lot of it has really just been word of mouth, talking to family members and friends, as well as you know, being active on social media. And so those have really been the biggest outlets. Um, You know, Becky and I, with the Genesis team, we've also worked on making Spanish pamphlets so that 
you know, we can give those to providers as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys have um, a really great social media presence. <laughs> you make learning about the pelvic floor and all its functions and needs so entertaining. Um, it's probably one of, I mean, you guys are all brilliant, but this is probably my favorite part about you guys <laughs> is your TikTok presence. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> how creative they are. It's so great. It's so great. Um, what do you think, as you've educated um, the community and women about um, the brilliance of what you guys do, what do you think they're most scared of? What do you think they're afraid of when they're considering engaging uh, pelvic floor therapy and seeking out those services? Um, because I think that's some of the barriers, and maybe if we could speak to a few of those things today, that might be helpful. Yeah. I'd say some of the barriers, one is honestly being, um, whether they've had some trauma related to their birth, um, actual physical, mental, emotional, or sexual trauma, um, or even just traumatic experience at their well woman exams. You know, like if they've had significant pain with those experiences, then they're kind of coming in with, you know, are they going to use a speculum? you know, sex hurts. So is this going to hurt? And so that has been a big piece. And then the other part is financial too, with being out of network and not really understanding what that means. That's also been a big limitation too. Um, so I would say those two would be the biggest limitations that I've seen. Yeah. I'd actually like to talk about both of those if, yeah. if you're willing. Um, let's start with how you guys conduct your exams. Um, I I think we're probably going to end up asking every one of you to describe this uh, because I just don't think we can say it enough. Mm -hmm. um, I think people have an idea what this is going to be like based on a limited experience in other contexts. Like you were saying, they're, they're well women's with their OB or their gynecologist. And I had just, um, one, have had pelvic floor PT, and it was a night and day difference. Yeah. Um, and so talk about, walk us through an, like, a, let's walk us through an intake appointment. Like, what is that? What, what are you doing? What's the kind of felt sense of the room? Talk about your bedside manner. I think this is what women need to hear. Yeah. So with the initial evaluation, usually, or with Genesis, we have an hour to an hour and a half one-on-one. -on -one. So there's no text. It's just the therapist and the patient. And so, and like babies and children are always welcome too. So if you don't have childcare, that is okay. We will find a way. We will hold babies if we need to. We will figure it out. You guys are amazing. <laughs> but then really the first, I would say 30 to 40 minutes and sometimes even longer is just having a conversation. So we're getting to know you because your history matters. So any sports that you played growing up, any history of, you know, digestive issues, or maybe you were constipated as a kid for a while. So we talk about your bowel and bladder habits. We also talk about intercourse. Um, we talk about, I like to talk about 
their cycles growing up too and finding, you know, did they have any irregularities or any fertility issues? Um, then if they've had any births, we'll talk about those. We'll talk about any miscarriages if they've had those as well. And so we get into, you know, how have you been processing those things? How was your birth experience? And really just digging into making sure that, you know, they feel heard. I feel like a lot of times if they've had a traumatic birth, they're like, you know, at least my baby's okay. I'm like, yes, we love that you and baby are okay, but you can say that your birth sucked. Then that is okay. Um, so true. Yeah. And so we'll also talk about what are some current activities that they like to do and enjoy what their day-to-day looks like. Because if they are, you know, five kids, everyone has soccer practice, things like that. I'm not going to give them five things to do at home if they're not, if that's not realistic for their schedule. And so really just getting to know, you know, what they're doing, what their occupation is. Um, and then we talk about, you know, when are you having those symptoms that you are experiencing just to get a better idea of what that looks like. We'll also talk about nutrition and sleeping because those are big things in healing and so and we'll talk about stress and stress management techniques if they have any um and what other providers they're working with too and so then after that we'll usually explain what the exam looks like and so we will do kind of a quick ortho screen so kind of seeing how they're moving head to toe looking at their strength of their muscles of like the big groups before we do anything internal. And then we'll also ask them, you know, like, are you okay with an internal exam? Because if someone who's had significant trauma or is having some vulvodynia and they're like, nope, then I'm like, okay, that's okay. Like, we don't have to do that today. You're not going to ruin the exam. Like, it's okay. And so amazing. what the exam looks like is just, you know, hands-on. There's no speculum. There's no stirrups or anything like that. It's just lubricant and praise praise for all those things not being there (laughs) (laughs) and so um typically i'll start in the abdomen seeing how the the abdomen's moving there looking at if there's any fascial restrictions um because what i found too is that with any traumatic births and things like that sometimes we'll hold that tension in our abdomen without even even knowing it and so we'll look at how the diaphragm and ribs are moving um And then we'll get into the pelvic floor. So we look at externally, seeing how those muscles are moving involuntarily and voluntarily. So what that looks like is, you know, actively doing a Kegel, actively relaxing, but then also coughing and seeing what those muscles are doing. And then we will palpate around the abdomen. So seeing if any of that is tender or reproduces the symptoms. Because if we can reproduce a symptom, even though it may feel uncomfortable, it's actually good because that lets us know, okay, this guy here is the culprit. And so we'll also look if there's been any scars. We'll look at the scar tissue, see how that's healing, all that good stuff. And then internally, pretty similar. We'll palpate. We'll check the strength, the coordination, go over breathing. um, And then we'll exit once we're done with that. And then sometimes... We'll also do a rectal assessment if needed. And so also what that looks like is same thing, finger with glove and lubricant, 
um, in a comfortable position and just seeing, you know, what those muscles are doing. Are there any spasms? Things like that. Yeah. I love that you just broke that down. I mean, I have had three different types of pelvic pain Yeah. Um, over the course of my life. And I have had all those exams. So I'm just telling everybody you can, one, I mean, it, they are very uh, intimate. Right. And um, and so I understand why there would be big feelings. And it's been some of the best bedside manner. Yeah. Um, and it's slow and permission giving and very informative. It's not like this rushed experience. Yeah. You guys hold space really, really well. Yeah, if there's anything that is uncomfortable, or even during the exam, if you're like, okay, we need to stop, I'm like, okay, just let me know, and we will move on from there. So awesome. Thank you for walking us through that. I think that's so valuable, because I think there's so many fears about the unknown, but then, like you said, that past history of trauma, you know, gosh, it just, um, it can be such a barrier. I'm curious, you mentioned one of the other barriers being... um, the insurance dynamic, you know, folks just not understanding in-network, out-of-network, and why PTs would or wouldn't take insurance. And um, I know that, you know, finances are, you know, a very understandable barrier and consideration when someone's investing in their health. Um, I'd be curious if you could just teach our listeners a little bit as to why, you know, why Genesis specifically, but a lot of pelvic floor therapy um, PTs, you know, don't take insurance um, and kind of the benefits of that and, you know, the hurdles with that too, just to kind of give some education. Yeah. So in Texas, we, the public has direct access, meaning that you can go and see a pelvic PT or a PT in general for 10 business days without a referral from your doctor and so after that then we do have to get a signature either from your doctor a chiropractor even your dentist can sign it um that's so fantastic i did not know that yes. <laughs> yeah that's so interesting my dentist can sign for my pelvic floor therapy yeah. i kind of like this i kind of want to make my dentist do this i do i also want that to be requested now just <laughs> to make everybody really uncomfortable for a minute right <laughs> Yeah, everyone gets surprised, and I'm like, yeah, we don't know why we don't have full direct access yet. Still working on it. We'll get there. Um, but with a lot of pelvic PTs are moving more towards that out of network area, and with that, we are able to do a lot more one-on-one treatments, spend longer time with you, um, mm-hmm. and we're not limited in with what we can do in that time. So being in an outpatient clinic during my clinicals, you know, I was seeing three to four patients an hour. And now I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I ever helped someone with in such a short amount of time. Um, Because even with two people an hour, that's 30 minutes each. And I'm trying to fit in all these things Um, and on top of that, the documentation and if it's like their first visit, you know, I want to spend longer time with them. But then if I have someone doing exercises on the other side of the room, I can't give you my full attention. And so I think with new grads too, that's an easy area of burnout where if they're in a place that takes in network, you're seeing maybe, you know, easily 20 to 30 people a day. 
And so you're constantly just giving, giving, giving. Um, but then you feel like there's not really a lot of things going on. And so, and so it's hard. And so now that I've been on the other side and other out network, I'm like, this is so different. So within network, you know, you saw people three, two to three times a week, every week for however many visits your insurance authorizes. And so insurance will authorize the visits based on your diagnosis and not what you Mm -hmm. actually need. And so you can have, you can need, you know, 20 visits, but your insurance is like, no, they get four. And so then you're kind of stuck with like, okay, what can I do in four visits to make sure that they learn everything I need them to when I planned on five weeks of seeing them or something like that. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I've also seen a big difference in is that now I see patients in the beginning, I'll see them maybe every week, if not every other week, but just, you know, once one time. Um, but then as they progress, we can space it out or do kind of as needed basis. But then there's also that ownership of, okay, I am paying for this, so I'm going to do my homework. Yep. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. um, so even though I may only see someone once every other week, they're making big changes because they're putting in the effort. And if, and if they're not, then I'm like, you don't have to apologize to me. Like, this is your time. This is your money. Um, I'm just here to guide you and give you the tools. And so there's also that less of a dependency on the therapist and more of that guidance mentor relationship. Because I could also see how when you're seeing someone three times a week and you know, you're helping them, then they're kind of like, okay, I need you to help me versus, oh, okay, like, thank you for giving me the tools. I can do this at home. Um, so there's been that difference that I've seen for sure. Um, but then the other part is that, like I mentioned earlier, that insurance kind of dictates what we can or can't do. So yeah. insurance will reimburse a therapist based on what you do. And so being out of network, I can do exercise, I can do hands-on therapy, I can do dry needling, like whatever, without worrying about, oh, actually, let me spend more time doing exercise so I can get more money back. Hmm. So it's like, I'm not dictated by insurance on what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what's best for the patient versus what can I get more money out of. And I think that's something that patients don't really know or understand. Um, And then the other part, too, is that every year there's more cuts on how much reimbursement a PT is getting. Yep. And so with that, that means I want to see more patients so that I can get more reimbursement. Yeah, it's. It's interesting that the cost of living continues to go up, at least by the average of what what's what's the classic? I don't know what it is right now. Yeah, <laughs> but the classic two and a half, two two and a half percent, whatever. And what you're telling me is the the machine, if you will, mm-hmm. um, is is actually taking that away, probably based on I'm I'm assuming what feels like very well defended logic for them, and what you're going is I have to see more people either in more time or in the same amount of time right. 
which is going to impact the quality just to maintain my cost of living, like what I bring home, much less get that two, two and a half percent increase to cover how, you know, we, we kind of increased our cost of living. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that people are having to reach their deductibles and things like that. So you have a copay. And so if you're seeing a therapist three times a week, you have a $50 copay, that's $150 a week. And let's say you see them for a month. So that's a pretty penny. Whereas for one visit, you would pay the same, but you may get more outcome with you getting more ownership. You're getting more one-on-one time with the PT. You're not having to not necessarily fight for the attention, but the therapist isn't split. And then the other thing too, is I remember being a tech and guiding my patients through most of their exercise. And so you know, a PT maybe spent however many minutes is required by Medicare or the insurance. And then the rest is like, okay, you can go with the tech and do your exercises. Whereas now I'm like, no, I get to see what you're doing. I'll fine tune the little things. And really it's more of that quality individualized care versus cookie cutter. Okay, next, next. Well, what's interesting and this has changed over, I mean, several iterations as, as healthcare and insurance is changing. But I have been to pelvic floor PT when I had insurance. And I, I've also been when I um, have not as a self-employed person. Yeah. And when I was on insurance, there was a point when the, in, the insurance healthcare industry kind of made a shift and it used to be kind of what you're talking about, a $50 copay. It was what it was. I went all that. Well, then like my plan changed and there was a point where like people in kind of the middle ground or middle-class people, like all of the therapies went to the deductible only and the deductibles went really high and some of these insurance shifts. And I remember what would happen for me because I had insurance they had to charge me the contracted rate for each appointment until I met the deductible. And the contracted rate was for me, it was $397 an hour. So I had to pay that until I reached a really high deductible before I could even get like the 80, 20 copay split. And I actually asked, so I started digging around, which is why I actually prefer cash pay pelvic floor PTs. Like that's where I I refer most of my people, unless they happen to have a good insurance plan, because, um, I had people, a lot of, a lot of clients saying, I can't afford the, the out of pocket toward deductible to get to the point where I can see this person regularly. So actually at this point in time, because all the therapies are being treated that way, I think it's a better deal to go to an out of network person. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was kind of insane. Yeah. And I feel like people don't necessarily understand that. I mean, I, it took me forever to understand insurance too. I was like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Same. Sure. Same. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, that's why we wanted you to speak to it because I think people, you know, yeah. it's a significant barrier and there isn't a lot of information out there as to why you know, cash pay out of network would be more beneficial. Right. I mean, I think what you've described is the patient is more empowered. They get really personalized care. 
to their needs, which helps them advance faster, sooner. And, and even where it looks like it might be less expensive with insurance, it's not right. always. It can actually cost you more or if not the same. So I really appreciate you breaking that out because I think it's, it's a confusing, I mean, just, we were all laughing because we are providers and are aware of insurance world and it's still hard to keep up with. So I know for our clients and patients, it's also like, what does all of this mean? So I, that's so valuable that you walk us through that. Yeah. It's awesome. And even time too, because if you're seeing someone two to three times a week, that's, you know, a whole hour. And if you need to find childcare, things like that, like it can get difficult. And then you're discouraged yeah. because you're not going to therapy or you're having to reschedule or leave work early. Um, and sometimes people come more stressed because they're having to drive through traffic and then they're, they find multiple times. Yeah. yeah. And so then they're not really getting better because they're coming to you already like stressed kind of on that high fight or flight. And then we're really yeah. just working on, okay, let's kind of bring this down, things like that. And so, yeah. Yes, I mean. because that pelvic floor is a very emotional muscle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that you broke it down and, you know, we won't go into it in full detail today, but we're in the same boat. I mean, we're mm-hmm. private pay, mental health, um, a lot for the same reasons. Um, you know, what some of it, a lot of it is... Um, a lot of people's plans when it comes to mental health is either terrible altogether. I mean, um, they either limit the number of sessions annually. It's just like, you just get this many annually. It doesn't really matter what your problem is. doesn't matter if the textbook answer for trauma is two to five years, you get this many sessions annually. And, um, and then the reimbursement rate gets worse and worse and worse over time. Um, and then, yeah, they, they, they won't reimburse if for us, it's a little bit different. Like we won't give them a, a, a diagnosis specifically. It's got to be in the main bucket of things that they're willing to pay for. There's so much that are like yeah. actual diagnoses that they just don't want to pay for. Like they're there. Um, and sometimes, you know, we're, we work in our world the way you guys work in yours. Like we're looking at the whole person. I'm really not sure the diagnosis is the best fit. I don't really know if I want to give you that label for the rest of your life. I just think you got hurt and you need to heal and I can do some really effective work, but the insurance company is not really interested in supporting that process. So yeah. we, we have also stayed off of panels for that very reason. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cause insurance will only let PT work on one body part too. Oh yeah. I read that somewhere recently. Like you guys can only work on one thing at a time. If- that doesn't sound very human to me. Yeah. If you're in insurance and you're coming in for a knee, but your neck is also hurting, Technically, I can only work on your knee. Why do we have dumb rules? I don't know. I do not understand dumb rules. It's like, it's like, makes my soul wither. But the other thing, last thing about insurance would be that they can also get reimbursement for their out-of-network stuff, and some people don't know that. So if your insurance yes. covers some out-of-network, you can either get some partial or full reimbursement, and I'm like, yeah, get your money back. Let's get our money back. Yeah. Dr. Kayla, what do you think um, either the or one of the biggest misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy is? Like, what do you hear a lot? That's just a huge myth or misconception. Yeah. I think we touched on it earlier about how it's just 
for pregnant women or just for, you know, postpartum? Nope. Mm-hmm. They can definitely be for athletes, for men, for people who aren't planning on having kids, for kids who are dealing with bedwetting and constipation. Like, pelvic PT is for everyone. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Uh, so since you guys can work with such a wide variety of things, what's your favorite one? Tell us who your favorite patients are without using their names. <laughs> I would say my favorite is probably people who are diagnosed with interstitial cystitis but don't actually have it. It's actually pelvic floor dysfunction. Or, yes, tell us more. <laughs> tell us more. Or my vulvodynia pain with sex people. Um, so, yeah, with interstitial cystitis, I feel like that and IBS just kind of gets slapped around everywhere. It's like a trash can mm. diagnosis sometimes. Yeah. It's like if you have these symptoms, that's what you've got. And we're, we're just, you know, we're just going to toss that in the trash can. I've, I've had patients mm. come in and they, they're like, yeah, they diagnosed me with IC. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, did they look in the bladder and find anything? They're like, no. And I'm like, then why, why is this your diagnosis? Like, what is going on? Um, so it's really, yeah, I love that population just because it does take, it does take some time. So, but it's just a lot of patient education and like once it starts clicking and, you know, they, they start learning too of, okay, I have a flare up, let me get my tools, um, versus kind of that spiraling thing that they had kind of going on first. Um, and also just even finding some triggers too um uh, you know like are you triggered by coffee or any citrusy stuff or is this really more neuro related or you know what what is going on so I love I love treating those patients that's amazing tell us about the vulvodynia and pelvic pain patients yeah. like what's your favorite part what do you see a lot what would you want women to know yeah I feel like that one is probably the most rewarding. So when a couple is, you know, patient comes in, it's been seven years since they've been able to have intercourse. And they're like, we actually have intercourse. It wasn't painful. I almost want to cry with them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We feel the same way. It's so, so good. Um, Because sometimes it can be like a little moment that they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized I had some resentment from X, Y, and Z, and that was it. And so really just get down to everything. And I feel like with both of them, with IC and all my Virginia patients, like it's just very neuro-related that that's why I love it. Um, You know, working in with the neuro population, it's always just been, and like that's what I thought I was going to get into. And now I'm kind of in it because – the nervous system and pelvic floor is so yeah related yeah for sure <laughs> so what did you think you were gonna do um so okay I thought I was gonna work in like spinal cord rehab neuro rehab uh, wow. that's, I did an internship in that and I absolutely loved the spinal cord populate like spinal cord injury population it was so so good and it made me be it challenged me to be creative. I had to find ways that, you know, to just help them 
without all the fancy equipment. So I really had to just get crunchy for lack of words. Um, and so yeah. then during PT school, I was like, Ugh, I'm going to hate acute care. I don't want to do go in the hospital. And I absolutely loved it. I was in the ICU floor and I was like, this is amazing. I want to be here forever. But then COVID happened. So all the hospitals were on a hiring freeze. Um, and then I found pelvic floor PT and I was like, oh my gosh, this has everything. That was your timing, Kayla? I did not yeah. realize that like all of that got strung together like that. What an interesting story. Yeah. It's been crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So right. when we were talking before the podcast hit record and I was like, oh yeah, I've been working on my dissertation and then COVID happened. You're like, oh, I know about that. I'm like, oh, she like knows very personally about that. <laughs> yeah. Graduated, got married, was looking for a job all through the beginning of the pandemic. We're so glad you found it with Genesis because now we're, we're like tethered to you through Genesis. <laughs> For the ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. What a lot of transition. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I, for one, am grateful that you chose pelvic floor therapy because I think you're a gift to your patients and to Genesis and I know us at Aspen House. So, um, yeah. Well, curious. We've talked a lot about them, but what's your favorite part of, about being a part of the Genesis team? What do you like about it? There's just so many things. So one, it's, we're always having so much fun and it's just such a good, healthy team of everyone is helping everyone. Um, so I can, and everyone kind of has their own little niche too. So I love that because I'm like, okay, if I need help with someone who's having some constipation or, you know, any rectal stuff, I'm like, okay, got to call Dr. Corey or if someone ha is having some digestive issues, I'll go to Dr. Brin. Or if it's more ortho-related, you know, Dr. Neelix. So it's so fun having everyone have their own, like, favorite thing that they work on. Um, because it's just such a big collaboration. Like, we're always constantly collaborating with one another. But then we're always having so much fun and everyone's celebrating each other. Um so it's that's an understatement. <laughs> you guys and the word fun, I don't think that quite captures what you guys are doing most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's silly. Everyone is just so funny. Um, and then Becky's just cultivated such a healthy, even just mentorship with one another. Like we meet with her one on one, you know, she kind of checks in on us, she sees wants to make sure that we're healthy, you know, is the caseload okay, um, what's going on in our lives, like, she's very active in our lives as well, um, and just wants the best for us, like, everyone's just constantly cheering each other on, and so I think I that's love that. my favorite part. What, um, what are you known for at Genesis? What's your name? niche like you you kind of said some things that you love and I don't know if those are you would say that that's kind of what your your niche yeah who do we send to you <laughs> um yeah for sure all the Spanish speaking people um sure but I don't know that's a good question maybe pain with sex or like leaking people perfect 
or anyone Noted. having some jar related stuff. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, you just caught my attention there. <laughs> so like up here too. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I love working on everyone's jaw. Like even from the team, everyone's like, can we needle my jaw? Can we work on my jaw? I'm like, yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I will set you free from all your jaw issues. <laughs> We, so I can't, re I mean, I now hear your timeline. I can't, I can't remember exactly the moment, but I remember seeing you pop up on the Genesis radar as a Spanish speaking pelvic floor therapist. And like my eyes got as big as saucers because we have a bilingual Spanish speaking yeah. sex therapist on our, <laughs> um, on our team. And so we're like, the stars have aligned. It's so perfect. We were so excited. I was like, now you guys can hand people back and forth. This is so great. So yeah, we connected you and Abdi and we're probably bringing on another bilingual Spanish speaking therapist yes. very, very soon. So okay. keep an eye out for that because we're very excited. Love it. Let's do it. Well, thank you so much for your time and, um, Gosh, your knowledge and uh, your heart. I think it's one of the things I love talking with you guys from Genesis about. You guys, um, you guys have such good hearts about helping people. We close our podcast the same way every time, and so um, I would like to ask you, yes. what would you like? What would you like the audience to take away from our conversation today? And what would you like to leave them with? Yeah, the big takeaway would be just go to one visit. Yes. If you don't go to any follow-ups, it's okay. But just go to pelvic PT once um, because you will learn so much about your habits, about your body, just general education about your vulva, about your cycle, like everything and how it all ties in and just that amount of knowledge of what is happening to your body, making it mm. make sense can make the world of a difference. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Dr. Kayla, what was your takeaway from our time today? Hmm. I think my biggest takeaway is just the heart of providers. I think Aww. we're always just patient first. Um, and we always just want the best for patients. Like as rewarding as it may be, the biggest thing is just being able to help others live, you know, pain-free, stress-free, mm. just improving everyone's quality of life. And I feel like I'm just so blessed to be working alongside y'all and the rest of the Genesis team because, like you said before, like everyone just has that heart for helping others. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, so we're here for y'all. Thank you. <laughs> we love y'all. Dr. Kayla, thank you so much for your time today. It has been wonderful. Oh, thank y'all for having me. Dr. Kayla, she I love is. Her. Gosh, and I, I'm, I'm so sad for the listeners because they can't see her face, but she, she has the biggest smile. She's like, she's like, like radiates joy. joy. Just, yes, light. Just she's joy. Just light. 
light. Like she, I wish, I wish y'all could see her because she just is such a lovely human and to hang out with and um, learn so much from. So what are you taking away from today's conversation? You know, her statement at the end, her takeaway was just a really profound moment for me because she was like, I'm just the heart of providers. It was just this sweet moment. And again, I'm with you. I wish the listeners could have seen all of our faces. Yeah. You know, we, we don't do this podcast for <laughs> we're not, like, guys, we're not a big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't do it for lots of dollars. Like we don't do any of those things. Like that's not a thing. Like we do it to love on people and get information out there. And when you get to interview someone like her who just wants to, to explain and educate and love on people and cares about who is um, underserved in the community and that's where her heart is. And we're all having this like moment together. Yeah. Like we, we want to see people get help and, um, and there are, to kind of piggyback on the front end of the conversation, the, the biggest challenge for us is helping people know that we exist because they don't even know what we do and that we're out there. And that, I think that's true for both what she does and what we do. And so what do we do? Why would it be helpful for you? And I really do believe what they do is life-changing, absolutely life-changing. I wish more people knew. So I guess that's, that's the part that caught my attention the most today. Uh, what about you? Yeah, very similar. Um, I think I I have an appreciation for she has a heart of, of a teacher, you know, not just to do mm-hmm. her pelvic floor therapy with people and help their bodies work better, which obviously is her passion radiates from her, but um just how thoughtfully she walked us through a couple of nuances, whether it was insurance mm-hmm. or your exam or I just Loved so how happy to do it. Happy to do it. So patient. Um, she's very tuned into her patients and where the barriers are and challenges. And she's so kind and patient about wherever that is for her patients. And so that was just, um, mm-hmm. gosh, I'm just taking that away. Just the value of her not only doing good work in the pelvic therapy world, but also just having that teacher's heart to educate people and coach them and sit well with them. Yeah. It was good. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain.